This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Zaziaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 18th of May. In your Squiz today, abuse and neglect in our disability system. Keeping oil refineries running. The why around Bill and Melinda Gates' divorce. And permission to knock off early. This is your Squiz today. Starting with COVID and a Royal Commission into Abuse and Neglect in the Disability System yesterday heard that the vast majority of residents in disability care are yet to receive their COVID vaccine. That's despite being in the highest priority group. So far, Claire, less than 1,000 of the 26,000 disability care residents have been vaccinated from the virus. And that's a problem, as you say, because they are in that highest priority group and they are amongst Australia's most vulnerable citizens. What the Health Department said yesterday as it fronted that Royal Commission was that a decision had been taken to prioritise those in residential aged care. They said that they were more at risk, but that the push to now vaccinate vaccinate those in disability care is on and that they will get through that in the coming months. Uh, Of course, lots of criticism came not just to the Federal Health Department, but also to the Minister Greg Hunt on that yesterday. As for the rest of the rollout, it's picking up some pace. More than 3 million vaccine doses have been administered, including 1 million doses in the last 17 days. That's a real improvement. It took 47 days to administer the first 1 million doses after a very bumpy start, which we've talked about a bit in this podcast. Uh, Greg Hunt encouraged eligible people to book their appointments. He said that it's important to protect not just yourself, but also the community. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian yesterday set an ambitious target. She said that she wants to see 5 million of New South Wales residents vaccinated by the end of the year, and that should see us in a good stead to get the international border open by the end of the year too, she said. But that's something Prime Minister Scott Morrison yesterday said isn't safe to do just yet. No, that's right. He has pushed back on those growing calls, not just from MPs, but also business leaders to reopen the country. Uh, This, of course, is in sharp focus because there was an assumption in the budget last week that revealed that the government doesn't expect that border to open until mid next year. He said, though, that there's a sort of sliding scale of reopening. The first is uh, making sure that those vaccinated Australians are able to travel across domestic borders without restrictions. Uh, Then we should be able to open up to bubble countries like we've done with New Zealand, but also maybe to countries like Singapore, uh, and also looking at having international students return. And speaking of international travel, Morrison is headed across the ditch at the end of this month to meet with New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. They're going to discuss challenges, so a few things on the list. It'll be his first overseas trip for the year. To Israel and Palestine now, and the United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres has warned the conflict is headed for an uncontainable security and humanitarian crisis. On Sunday, 42 Palestinians were killed by Israeli airstrikes on the Gaza Strip, marking the single deadliest attack since fighting broke out last week. And violence, Claire, is expected to continue. 
Yeah, lots of talks yesterday that has failed to bring about a ceasefire. Lots of pressure, though, still from the United Nations and also nations like the United States and the United Kingdom who have called for more protections for civilians who are caught up in those danger zones. They say that those who are firing those airstrikes really have a duty to make sure that civilians are as safe as possible. Uh, Since last Monday, more than 200 Palestinians uh, have been killed, 10 Israelis as well. Uh, Both sides aren't coming down off that great big ledge. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu yesterday said that he expects the fighting to continue for at least a few more days. They're really digging in there. Yeah, they really are. And Palestinian Foreign Minister Riyad al-Maliki said peaceful coexistence with Israel was impossible, and this is a quote, until Israel bears the cost of occupation instead of reaping its benefits. Australia's two remaining oil refineries in Queensland and Victoria will stay up and running until at least 2027 after receiving a $2.3 billion taxpayer-funded boost. It's a move, Claire, to keep fuel onshore amid concerns we're becoming more and more reliant on imported fuel. Yeah, and that's not just some lofty aim. We're actually signed up to an international agreement that we should have access to 90 days of fuel reserves. Australia currently has 30 days worth. Uh, It's a situation that we've been in not just now but in recent years as it's been more difficult with that onshore oil refinery capability going away. Uh, Many have closed because there's really big mega refineries in Asia and also the ageing infrastructure here in Australia means those companies haven't invested in it. Uh, Those last couple of refineries though will be up and running as you say until 2027. The package also includes $302 million to improve Australia's fuel quality, which ranks among the worst in the world. Earlier this month, billionaire couple Bill and Melinda Gates announced they were getting a divorce. Since then, Claire, there's been plenty of speculation around why. There really has, and that only is going to increase, it seems. Uh, There has been reports ever since the announcement of that divorce that things weren't potentially as good in that marriage for quite some time. And in the last couple of days, there's been a couple of significant reports. The Wall Street Journal yesterday said that Bill Gates had been in a long-standing affair with a female employee. She's now made a complaint to Microsoft and that's being discussed. That apparently saw Bill Gates leave the Microsoft board uh, last year. So there's that. Also, the New York Times has claimed that Bill Gates had developed a reputation for questionable conduct in work-related settings that included approaching women for dates. So yeah, a lot going on there. And as I said, we'll probably hear a bit more as that divorce proceeds. Yeah. Lots of talk on this one. The reports also say the couple were already in discussions last year to divide their 130 or so billion dollar wealth. That's US dollars, by the way. Legal teams from both sides have been working privately on the separation. To sport now, Claire, and basketball star Lauren Jackson is set to be the first Aussie player to be inducted into the US Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. Really incredible achievement for Lauren Jackson. She, uh, of course, is someone who not just made a mark with the Australian team. uh, She also was part of a WNBA team who really did big things in the United States. She was crowned the league's uh, MVP, the most valuable player, three times. Uh, Jackson yesterday said that she was really, really honoured. She's just a country girl who did really great things, um, but also said that she was very thankful to those who paved the way 
away before her. That included her parents, who were among the first to represent Australia in basketball. Some good sporting genes in the family there. Jackson will be inducted in early September and she joins legendary coach Lindsay Gaze as the second Aussie to make the cut. Now, Claire, I don't want you to read into this too much, but there's new research by the World Health Organization, which has found working long hours is a serious health hazard and could lead to a high risk of stroke and heart disease. Yeah. And here I was thinking I was making a really luxurious and great (laughs) lifestyle choice by working all of these hours. But no, it turns out that it's not so good for you. Uh, Drawing on data from 194 countries, the World Health Organization study is considered a bit of a landmark. Uh, It says that those people living in Southeast Asia and the Western Pacific region, so that includes Australia, are some of the most worst affected. Uh, It looks like people working more than 55 hours a week uh, really do have more chance of those couple of grim outcomes than those working 35 to 40 hours a week. (laughs) A suggestion from the World Health Organisation, that is, is that capping hours will be beneficial for employers since that has been shown to increase productivity. So some food for thought there. Yeah, just don't get any ideas. <laughs> Squeeze the day and this one really makes me feel old, Claire. It's the anniversary of the debut of Shrek the movie that came out in 2001. Can you believe it? Oh, wow. Shrek's been part of our life for that long. Isn't that amazing? For me, if you need something completely random, it's National Marshmallow Day. I think that's in the US, but let's embrace it. Surely marshmallows could be part of your day. Absolutely. Why not? That's all from us today. Thanks for listening in. We'll be back again tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit for member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy to understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.